Matt, we got an intro graphic now. Did you see that? That's awesome. That's when you know you've arrived on YouTube. When you have it oh, in. I'm going to do it again because this cost us tens of dollars. Tens of dollars. Woo. Here we go. There it is. We had to pay tens of dollars again. All right. Welcome to Clash of the Craniums. This was the brainchild of uh, Professor Matt Kondo here who said, hey, listen, I'm doing uh, I'm doing anatomy uh, trivia. Uh, we might as well broadcast it. And I was like, well, you know, I took anatomy back in the day. I should probably brush up. Uh, but I know how to broadcast some stuff. So that's Matt Kondo. I'm Jimmy McKay. We're both physical therapists. Uh, he's a professor. And I'm a podcast host. Listen, kids, you can be whatever you want. You can be a physical therapist, you can be a professor, or you can be a podcast host. Uh, so we call it Clash of the Craniums because this is very interactive uh, PT, PTA student trivia. Tonight, Matt, what are we focusing on? What areas of the body are we focusing on? So tonight's going to be heart and lungs, the cardiopulmonary system. Ah, uh, yes. You have to. I remember my professor uh, in PT school said, listen, your, your patients are going to have a brain. They're going to have a heart. And they got to have at least one lung. So focus on those things and you can't go wrong. Uh, we're doing this in the middle of January. We haven't uh, been together in a couple months. How's your, uh, how would your holiday, your New Year's go the whole night? Holiday was good. You know, I actually work in a clinic one day a week. I gave some extra hours to the clinic so the other staff could go visit family and stuff. And actually got a chance to go back to my home state of Ohio to uh, visit my parents. So they're in Columbus. Nice. Awesome. I, uh, since the last episode, I think the last episode I was in the new house that I bought and I really just for the viewers on YouTube want to show them now avert your eyes if you're easily uh, nauseated, but I bought a house and this wallpaper free of charge came right with it. Absolutely horrendous, but I apologize for the, uh, the background. So that's what we're going to do tonight. All right. So heart and lungs is our focus as always. This is interactive trivia. So on the screen now, for the uh, players watching a live stream. And there's 75 right now, Matt. 75 people right now. I like it. Nothing better to do than listen to you tell awesome dad jokes, by the way. We already have a request in the comments for several dad jokes between each round. Um, and us to wax poetic about heart and lungs. So we're going to do that. To join in, and a bunch of you already have, uh, just go to the website menti.com. That is M-E-N-T-I.com. And use the code on the screen which is 3548-8305. The podcast listeners, you're listening in the past. You're list this is us talking to you from the past. You can't do it. The code, Micah asking again, Micah, the code on the screen, 3548-8305. We'll give you a few seconds to, uh, to log in as we see 50 of you logged in, 75 of you watching live. Uh, where are the students in your program in uh, in in the semester, what are they focused on right now? They have like a test tomorrow or some jazz like that. No, you wouldn't do that to them. No, no, no test tomorrow. We just started back in class last week, so we covered some heart and we covered some lungs and mediastinum. Um, we actually just moved on to, and I'm gonna give you a flashback: the differences between the external abdominal oblique and the internal abdominal oblique and the transverse oh. abdominus. Yeah, remember those days. Awesome. Pockets. That's how you remember. Pockets. Yes. Oh yeah. And we, we did the whole pocket dance. We did the whole Conan O'Brien string dance today. Yeah. We did all whoa, of whoa, it. Whoa, so. whoa, whoa, whoa. What's the Conan O'Brien string dance? Need you to never seen Conan O'Brien? You're going to have to look it up. Oh, it Let's is do amazing. It. You don't do oh, the I dance? Oh, I, I wouldn't even do it justice. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, we did the whole pocket dance. Yeah. It was great. 
All right, we're seeing some people share the code in the chat. That's good. 65 of you in there. Again, the uh, the website, M-E-N-T-I and the code 3548-8305. It is on the top of the screen right there. I will point that out. Did you read the syllabus? Read the syllabus, everybody. It's on the screen. Uh, well, let's check in with some people. If you're watching live, we'll go. We'll start in less than 60 seconds. Let's see where people are checking in from. I'm always fascinated by where people are watching this from. I'm seeing a lot of from people from Cleveland State. Do you have a connection at Cleveland State? Do you have like an in there or something? I don't have an in at Cleveland State. I'll, I'll be quite honest with you. I send the invite to all the program directors, and some of the program directors send it on to their students, and some don't. So I guess Cleveland State, thank your program director. I'm seeing Baylor. I'm seeing Methodist University. I, we know how they found out about that. That's where Matt is uh, in there. Baylor in Texas, Cleveland State, University of Central Mary. Ooh, University of Mary, Bismarck, North Dakota. Won't even ask how cold it is there. All right, like 30 seconds. Let's this thing off. Alyssa from Cleveland State. Hannah saying hi. Kayla from Cle Cleveland State has, uh, they must be getting extra credit or something like that from their professors, which is a good idea. It's a great idea. What are you doing for uh, extra credit? Watching YouTube. It's what the kids do these days. The kids watch Absolutely. the YouTube. Western Carolina. I don't want to ask what the weather is there because I'm going to be jealous. 15 seconds to go and we'll get kick this thing off. CSU? Is that Colorado State? Good skiing out there. Uh, and this one, the first just a one or no question. Any, uh, any of the students out there going to CSM? Just curious. Put in the comments below. All right, let's go. Let's begin this thing as right. we are six minutes in on the screen. Here's how it works. You get it right, you get points. The faster you answer, the more points you get. Question number one, which of the following coronary vessels is most often involved in myocardial infarction? Is it right coronary, left anterior descending, or left marginal? Do not shout it out the answers, even though you're on YouTube and I'm not. Answer on your signaling devices with just a few se uh, seconds left. Time's up. Coronary vessels most involved in myocardial infarction. Ooh, divided down the middle. 29 of you got it wrong. I love when it's divided like this, Matt, because it's a, we call this what? Or we, I'm acting like I'm a professor. You're a professor. It's a teaching moment, right? This, this is, is a teaching moment. It's a teaching moment. So, so myocardial infarction is going to be full on, my heart doesn't work anymore. Got it. And what's really going to be the key here is what vessels going to the left ventricle. Left ventricle is going to push blood, obviously, out of the aorta into my body. Got it. So the left anterior descending will supply blood to the left ventricle. Oh, you know what I think it was? Why do you think 29 people picked right coronary? Maybe because the word coronary. You fell for it. You fell for it. Haley, giving us that answer, what's the temperature in Bismarck? A balmy negative 14 degrees there. I'm sorry. Sounds like beach weather to me. Chapstick, wear some mittens. All right, question number two for Clash of the Craniums. Let's see what we got here. The faster you answer, the more points you get, but you got to get it right. Oh, this is a general trivia question. How many times does the average human heartbeat in a lifetime? I have no idea. I could be way off. Two million, two billion, or two trillion. I, this is one of those, like, job interview questions that they ask that I'm like, I don't, how would you figure that out? But the answer can't be Google it on a job interview. Uh, lock in your answer choices as 62 of you have. Two billion, two trillion, two billion. 
I would have no idea. Two million seemed low and only five, but like the difference between billions and trillions, I'm just kind of lost. I wouldn't even know where to go. This is this is one you ask one of your patients if you're like ranging their shoulder or you're trying to like get more degrees of knee flexion, you got some time with them. And you're like, hey, how many times does the average human heartbeat in a lifetime? What's your guess? It's two billion. Trivia always works with patients, right? It gets them talking. I worked in a clinic that actually printed out trivia questions and put them on the ceiling, on the walls. It was kind of unique. When you're doing some manual therapy, people are looking around. And uh, that way I felt smart because I knew the answers to all the trivia questions. <laughs> it looked like the smartest guy in the room. Uh, let's go to the next question here. Question number three. The faster you answer, the more points you get. And here we go. Which of the following structures normally prevents regurgitation of the mitral valve cusps during the ventricular systole? What do you think it is? Is it crista terminalis, pectinate muscle, chordae uh, tendinae? When I was a tech, I was in charge of the trivia. Samantha was in charge of trivia in her clinic. Lock in your answer choices. And what do we have? Let's see how this was divided up. I'm seeing a lot of um, division of the answers, which I mm -hmm. like. I don't like when it's run away. All right, what do we got here? We have a tech issue? We have Oops, a tech issue. We went wrong. Do we miss the answer to that? We may have. Can we go back? Just push back. I don't know what's going to happen. Push back. The wild. There we go. There we go. There we go. All right, so 50 of three of you. See, this is, this is the answer that, yes, I'm proud of you. Uh, but let's talk to the seven... And some of you guessed and got it right. We know that. So uh, chordae tendinae, why is it that? So it's chordae tendinae because that is the only structure out of the three given that attach in to the mitral valve cusps, right? So the papillary muscle is a little piece of muscle that kind of sticks out of the ventricle, the right ventricle and left ventricle. That has a chordae tendinae or tiny little tendinous cord. That right. cord then attaches into the valves, the tricuspid valve and the bicuspid valve. Got to try before you buy. Write that down. Hannah chiming in. That was a good uh, Brett Gardner gift there. She loves the bald man Gardner Yankee for life. Um, and Samantha was the tech. She was chiming in about me using uh, that clinic that I was in. We used to put trivia questions all over the all over the place. She was in charge of trivia of the day. So uh, Samantha, I, I hope you got that million billion trillion question correct. Let's go to the next one. Bald man Gardner, love that. Love me some Yankees. I'm a Yankee fan. All right, placing the stethoscope in the left second intercostal space, left second intercostal space, peristernally would facilitate auscultation of which of the following valves? Is it aortic? Is it pulmonic? Or is it mitral? I love the Denzel. That's exactly how my brain works. I'm like, well, um, what had happened was I'm going to think about this one. Lock in your answers. And time is up. A good division again. All right, good. Nice little bell curve there. 30 got it correct with pulmonic. Let's talk about this one. Why did 20 think aortic? Why were they thinking that? This is also parasternally. So that's exactly it. The, the key here is parasternally, right? So para meaning next to, sternally meaning next to the sternum. Yep. So in the second intercostal space, parasternally, what we're going to see is not necessarily aorta, which is more of a midline structure. We're actually going to see the pulmonic valve be auscultated because it's on the side or away from the sternum. So a big thing is look at your terms here. Look at your terms. I mean, some of the best advice I got for the MPTE or PT school in general was like, make sure you're answering what they're asking. Like you could have a great thought process 
But if you aren't answering the question being asked, good luck. So take a breather. I know it's stressful. We've all been there. I still wake up with dreams that I'm late for a school uh, test at PT school that eventually supposedly goes away. But make sure you're answering what is being asked. All right, next question on the line here. As Chris chimes in and says hi from Baylor PT. A lot of them down in Baylor. All right, faster you answer, the more points you get. Oh, which day of the week sees the most heart attacks? This is interesting. Monday, Friday, or Saturday? Oh, man. I don't even know where I would go with this one. I'm also getting mesmerized by the Shaquille O'Neal gif. Most heart attacks. I know where I'm going. I'm going to lock in my answers at one second. Monday. Is it going to be Monday? Everybody hates Mondays. Everybody agrees with me. Is that right, though? It is right. Why does it? Did you research why that is? There's really no physiologic reason. The going theory, the, the prevailing theory is that it is a psychological reason. People wreck their sleep schedules on the weekends. Oh. Obviously, they imbibe in some activities they probably shouldn't imbibe in over the weekends. Don't get enough sleep Sunday night. Wake up to an alarm Monday morning. Don't want to go to work. Heart attack. I'm going to go with the theory that Monday just sucks. Or that. There's actually a great podcast uh, out there, and I'm a podcast host, so I love talking about other podcasts, but it is Freakonomics MD. It's done by NPR from the same guys and girls who do uh, Freakonomics, and the host is an MD and an economist, and yep. he talks about stuff like this. Like he'll, He's the kind of guy who will actually do a study to figure out why Monday gets, to most, uh, gets the most heart attacks. So I, I actually I subscribe to that podcast. His episode on the Boston Marathon and how you have a thirteen percent more likelihood to die of a heart attack during the Boston Marathon was amazing. Great! I just love their thought process. I don't think my podcast is necessarily on the level. They also have forty seven staff members with with time on their hands. But yeah, it's really great to look behind the why, right? Which is mm -hmm. going into so Freakonomics MD, not paid plug. Uh, <laughs> John wants to see that question on the MPTE. Listen, become an item writer and you can get it on there, John. I see no reason. Hannah also thinks it's very stressful uh, going to work after the weekend. I think it's stressful going to work any day, but that's just me and I'm lazy. All right, let's go to the next question here. Heart and lung today, digging in. All right, which of the following is a direct branch off of the aorta? Following is a direct branch off of the aorta. Is it left anterior descending? Is it left coronary or is it left circumflex? Which one is it? Lock in your answer choices with three seconds left to go. Time's up. And what do we have here? Mm, nice little bell curve there too. 29 of you getting it right. 16 thought left anterior descending. 11 thought left circumflex. Let's talk about why it, why it wasn't the uh, wrong answers first. So this is a little bit of a trick question, right? So the left anterior descending and the left circumflex are branches of the left coronary. So the left coronary is a very short branch that comes off the aorta, and then it gives rise to the left anterior descending and the left circumflex. But the left coronary is an actual artery, but it is a tiny, tiny little artery. But you're saying it's a, is the key word in this question direct? The key word is direct. It's not there by accident, right? That contestant right now on Jeopardy is running the table right now because she understood the assignment. Like, make sure you're answering. And like, words aren't typically in questions 
by accident. So direct branch. Well, and that's a very good tip because on all these NPT questions, like you, to your point, answer what you're supposed to answer. Yeah. Also know exactly what the question's asking you, right? So if there's a word like direct in it, then direct is probably a word you need to pay attention to. Go upstream. All right. Well, 29 of you out of uh, 60 got that one right. Let's go to the next one. And here we go. Which of the following structures might be injured if a horizontal incision is used to cut the pericardial sac? And I love the GIF. Do you know what movie that's from? You put this together. You know what movie that's from, right? I know exactly what movie that's from. Oh, I, I, I enjoy Tarantino's works. Love me some Christoph Waltz in, uh, oh, yeah. in Glorious Bastards. All right. Following structures might be injured if a horizontal incision used to cut the pericardial sac uh, the phrenic nerve ran away with it. Walk us through why that is correct. So the phrenic nerve is going to provide the innervation to the pericardial sac. So that's very important to remember because if my patient comes to my clinic with chest pain, I need to quickly differentiate, are they having pericarditis or are they having an actual heart attack? Basically, do I need them to lean forward and get into a kind of recovery position or do I need to call EMS? So understand that the phrenic nerve can innervate and actually does innervate the pericardial sac and the phrenic nerve gets irritated, it can cause chest pain. So understand where that phrenic nerve is located is the big part of this question. I had pericarditis two years ago. Did I ever tell you that? You just did. I just told you that, but I actually self-diagnosed myself in the car on the way there. Cause I was like, I lean forward. It feels better. I feel like we covered this in PT school. And I'm like, I think it's pericarditis. And I got there to the ER and they, First of all, that's how you skip the line. I'm not saying lie, but I said chest pain. They're like, right this way, sir. And uh, I was correct in my diagnosis. It was, in fact, pericarditis. Took a, antibiotic, took a quick uh, took a quick IV, a couple of pills, and I was good. Um, let's go to the next question. We're learning so much about me, Matt. I know. I'm an open book here. The arterial supply of, uh, excuse me, the arterial supply to the lungs comes primarily from which of the following vessels? Is it pulmonary arteries? Is it bronchial arteries? Or is it coronary arteries? Artillery supply to the lungs comes from primarily which of the following vessels? Captain Obvious there is very confused. Now, I'm feeling that the GIF has something to do with the obviousness, or maybe it doesn't. Arterial supply to the lungs comes primarily from which of the following vessels? Bronchial arteries is correct. Walk us through this one. So pulmonary arteries are going to come off of the heart, right? The pulmonary arteries are then going to branch into the bronchial arteries. So the bronchial arteries are actually going to be the arteries that go into the lungs and supply the lungs with blood. Coronary arteries, coronary literally just means crown. And the reason they're called the coronary arteries is because they look like a crown surrounding the heart. I feel good about this one. I feel like everybody out there is being annoyed by this one. I'm seeing a lot in the chat. All right, uh, let's go. What is the format? Are we doing 20 questions, break 20 questions? Uh, we're doing 10, break 10. 10 breaks. That's what I meant. 10, break 10. All right, so we've got to be close to the end here in the first round. Let's go to the next so. question. <laughs> I can't get past the Steph Curry gift. An injury to the lateral cord of the brachial plexus 
would cause a deficit in which of the following wrist motions? We're going right to the wrist, but I like it. Uh, extension, ulnar deviation, or, uh, or flexion. Injury to the lateral cord of the brachial plexus. Lateral cord would, like it, would cause a deficit. Okay, I think I know this one. All right, lock in the answers. Let's see if I was right. <laughs> Megan, Megan chiming in, realizing how much she needs to review in anatomy. Extension, ulnar deviation, flexion. All right, lateral cord. Everybody was quickly writing down their, uh, drawing down their brachial plexus uh, on, on a piece of scratch paper. Uh, flexion. How did this sneak into heart and lung? It snuck into heart and lung because I forgot to take it out the last time. Oh, I was like, hang on a second. <laughs> not an so, I mean, let's, expert, let's talk. but I was like, I'm pretty sure this is not heart and lung, but keep going. Right. This is definitely not heart and lung, but I will say, I mean, you know, in my defense, good review, right? Good review. So good review. If, if, if you don't know your brachial plexus forward, backwards, and inside out, then you just don't know it. Here's what right. I think this teaches us, Matt, right now. First of all, the brachial plexus can show up anywhere it, it damn well pleases. That is exactly right. All right. So walk exactly us through this right. since we already we already answered it. Okay. So an injury to the lateral cord of the brachial plexus would cause a deficit in which of the following wrist motions. The reason it's going to be flexion is because think about where my extension comes from. My extension comes from my radial nerve, right? So everything that extends my wrist is going to be innervated by the radial nerve. That comes off the posterior cord. Ulnar deviation is all going to come from medial cord in that branch of the brachial plexus. So flexion is really the only logical answer here because of my median nerve basically coming off of a branch off of my lateral cord. All right. But just to review, brachial plexus does not have anything to do with the heart or the lung. That is correct. Got it. Okay, good. Well, I mean, the only time... so. Hear me out on this. If you have a patient that has numbness and tingling going down the medial side of their arm, that's because of shared innervation between the cardiac uh, splanchnic nerves and the medial cord. You heard it here first. So maybe we snuck that in on purpose. No one ever expects no. Spanish. No, I can't take credit for that. All right. Let's see what's next. Are we at the end of round one? I don't I count. I believe so. Nope. Maybe not. One more question. All right. Case study. 72-year-old woman dies after a stroke. The embolus that caused the stroke was most likely formed in which of the following blood vessels? Right coronary artery, superior vena cava, right pulmonary vein. 72-year-old woman dies after a stroke. Where was that embolus likely formed in what blood vessel? Lock it in. Right coronary artery, most popular answer but it's right pulmonary vein. You put this on their purpose. You have that look of like, I just suckered them. Why was that? I didn't want to sucker them. I actually wanted them to get this one right. So, so let's think about this one, okay? So like I just said, coronary artery means it's an artery that's going to go to the heart. What is a stroke, right? The technical medical term for a stroke is a cerebrovascular accident. Cerebro meaning brain. So automatically, right coronary artery, we toss that answer out because if I had a clot in a coronary artery, it's not going to cause a stroke. It's going to cause a heart attack. Make sense? Yeah. Superior vena cava is a huge structure, and that basically is going to send a clot in. It's going to go through the right atrium. It's going to go through all those other areas before it hits the brain, right? So it's not necessarily going to cause a stroke that way anyway. Right pulmonary vein, though, that's blood coming back in from my lung into my heart, which will get shot through the aorta and has a very direct route to the brain. So this I was like this, 
I feel like this is one of those questions where you're like, okay, I guess I'm glad I got this wrong here on YouTube so I don't get it wrong somewhere else later on a test or, you know, maybe with a human being somewhere. Exactly. All right, let's move ahead. I think, is this the end of round one? It should be. All right, let's check the leaderboard. Matt, I hope you have a good dad joke prepared. So the audience is asking for at least one. Okay, well, I can give you the joke that I started my course with this semester. Please do. So, okay, so for my my current students, cover your ears. You already heard this one. I had all of my students stand up and lift their left leg because I wanted them to start the course on the right foot. And I saw it coming and I still couldn't get out of the way of the dad joke. But that's a good <laughs> one. That's a good one. All right, leaderboard uh, right now. Uh, looks like Sam, Kat, and uh, Mackenzie round out the podium. I think Keely had already heard that one. She says, oh, no, and drops in the LOL. Man, The man on the brain, Yippee-ki-yay, and a good nod to, uh, to Die Hard, which everybody thinks is a Christmas movie, but Bruce Willis himself has gone on record as saying it's not. So really, this one is never going to be settled. Uh, second round of Clash of the Craniums coming up right now. Ten more questions. Let's do this. And here we go. Which of the following major arteries usually supplies the branch to the sinoatrial node, the SA node, as this kid is eating a leaf blower? Purchased my first leaf blower this year. Did you? Yeah. That's special. It's when you're in adulting. I'm like, look what I got. I bought, I bought a leaf blower. Did you get excited about the leaf blower? A little bit. I got the backpack version. It's pretty fun. Nice. All right. <laughs> major arteries usually supplies the branch to the SA node. Right corner. I feel like the team is coming back 27. A majority of you getting that one right. Where where if you were sitting there taking the test, how would you how would your thought process go to to, to tease this one out? So my thought process, literally what I would do is I would draw out the conduction system to the heart. So the conduction system in the heart starts kind of the upper right section, right atria, and then moves inferior and left. Right. So if the SA node is going to be at the very top of that conduction system which literally, if you just kind of think about it, is right next to the right coronary artery. So I like this one because this is matching up the electrical system of the heart to the blood supply. Perfect. All right, 27 of you, congratulations. And uh, 27 got it right. Uh, and look how fast I am with math. 27 of you got it wrong. That one just going right down the middle. All right, let's move on to the next question. All right, which of the following heart valves would cause a murmur over the medial end of the right second intercostal space? Keywords, heart valves, murmur, and where medial end of the right intercostal space? Tricuspid, mitral, aortic, as 42 of you have already locked in your answers with one second left. Kind of divided. Majority thought tricuspid Aortic, which of the following heart valves would cause a murmur over the medial end of the second right intercostal space? Walk us through this one. So the big thing with this question, underline the word medial, right? So intercostal space is a big space, right? That's right. the entire space I have in between my first and second rib. But the medial end of the right second intercostal space is essentially almost right over top of the sternum. That's exactly where you're going to see your aortic valve. Right. So just understand where you are in these intercostal spaces. 
I would have got that one wrong. I think I would have went tricuspid as well. So I'm right there with you, all 24 of you who got that one wrong. You're not alone. Um, that's good. Mitral people, you're on your own. I, I was definitely not going to guess that one. Let's move to the next question. Faster you answer, the more points you get, unless you get it wrong. Uh, damage to which the following nervous structures is the most likely cause, is most likely to cause paralysis of the diaphragm. There we go. Di damage to which of the following nervous structures is the mo most likely cause of paralysis of the diaphragm. There was a word missing there. I felt like Ron Burgundy. I will read whatever you put on this prompter. Uh, Vegas, <laughs> sympathetic trunk, or phrenic. It looks like we have a problem again. To go forward and go All backwards right. again. Let's see if that works. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. This is like turn it off, turn it back on again. All right, there we go. Uh, phrenic. Damage to which of the following nervous structures is the most likely cause of paralysis of the diaphragm? Phrenic. All right, so walk us through this one. We just talked to this is the second time phrenic has made an appearance today. Phrenic's a big nerve, right? So so we remember the phrenic nerve, C345, keeps the diaphragm alive or keeps the person alive. Phrenic nerve is going to innervate the diaphragm. If I have paralysis of my diaphragm, my diaphragm does not have the motor innervation that it needs. The vagus nerve is going to be parasympathetic innervation, not necessarily motor innervation. Got it. So that's why 13 went with Vegas, because it's somewhat related, just not in this context. That's correct. Got it. Let's move on. All right, here we go. Uh, which of the following is a branch off of the external carotid artery? What do you think it is? Take a look at your phones and lock in your answer choices. Is it vertebral? Is it lateral thoracic? Or is it maxillary? External carotid artery. Mm, really? Says Tom Hanks. 49 of you. You guys answer fast. Like way f I I guess I test take slow. I would I would take a long time to think about this. Ooh, divided pretty well. But most of you getting the maxillary. All right, walk us through this one now. So vertebral artery is actually going to be a branch off the internal. It actually is going to be a branch off the um, subclavian artery. And there's a branch that goes into the internal car carotid artery as well. Lateral thoracic is going to be another branch off of actually the um, axillary artery. And then the maxillary artery is the branch that goes through the maxilla. And that's going to be a branch off the external carotid. Is that why you had the Tom Hanks gift saying, really? Because like that's when you have to think about this one and go, oh, you know what? Really, it is. It's, you know, I mean, it's like a language. If you're not using it every day, you lose it, right? Yes, it is. In fact, is it true that if you do not use it, you lose it? That is this a nod is to the 40-year-old virgin. I love movies. All right, let's go to the next question. Ooh. And here we go. Which of the following TMJ motions occurs during mandibular occlusion? I believe this is a uh, this is a question from last time. Still valid. Still, you still score points. TMJ motions during mandibular occlusion, posterior, anterior, or uh, translation or lateral deviation. Right across the board. Could could have got it more, a, a little more even. Posterior translation. All right. You told me the answer to this last time, but why is it again? Okay. So which one of the following TMJ motions occurs during mandibular occlusion? Think about what occlusion is. Occlusion is going to be closing my jaw, right? So if I just kind of put my fingers on my TMJ and open my jaw, I can feel 
my TMJ basically move forward a little bit. If I close, I can feel it move backwards. That's literally all that question means. So you have to know what occlusion means. If I'm going to occlude something, I'm going to close it off. Learning vocabulary here. Uh, not a whole lot going on with the heart and lungs, but you never know. The TMJ, guys, it shows up at random. It strikes. That's just that and the brachial plexus. It's also never lupus. That's just from house. Here we go. Uh, next question in round two. Just trying to fill space here. Uh, which of the following valvular structures is contractile tissue? Is that supposed to be vascular structures? No, valvular. Oh, valvular. Have them right. All right. Is it the papillary muscles, chordae tendinae, or valve leaflet? I don't even know if I've, I learned that one. My anatomy professor is telling me I, I did, but I just forgot it. All right, structures is contractile. I feel like this was the trick. I mean, this was the trick question, but like this was a hand, this was a hammy. Uh, contractile muscles are contractile, tendons are not. That is exactly right. What so, is the valve leaflet? What is that? That's me misspelling valve. That what is a valve leaflet though? I don't so know. The, I don't the know. valve leaflet are the actual pieces of the valve, right? So the actual oh. leaves. So a leaflet is just part of the bicuspid valve, part of the tricuspid valve. So on and so forth. Bicuspid valve would have two leaves and the tricuspid valve would have three. See how fast I did that? I That was amazing. <laughs> but papillary muscle. But this just shows you, understand the question that is being asked. And every once in a while, there is a gimme. There's a freebie. Papillary muscle. All right. 46 of you. Great job. Seven of you. Maybe just put, maybe you push the wrong button on your, on your phone. I'll just give you that. All right, which one of the following structures is most active during expiration? Which of the following structures is most active during expiration? Diaphragm muscle, external intercostal muscle, or internal inter intercostal muscles. Try to say that three times fast. Um, lock in your answer choices. A lot of answers coming in quick with this one. Expiration structures involved. Internal inter intercostal got the most votes. And that is correct. Walk us through this one. So this one, not necessarily a trick question, but you just have to understand what each of those muscles does during each of your respiratory functions. So the diaphragm is going to contract during inspiration. It actually yeah. relaxes to push air out of the lungs. The external intercostal muscles are going to be most active during inspiration. And the internal intercostal muscles are going to be most active during expiration. How do you how do you remember that, or just like switch it? External intercostal uh, involved in, in uh, inspiration, internal involved in expiration. That's exactly how I do it. I just That's kind of flip them around and say, "Well, anatomy is a tough subject, so it can't be that easy of an explanation." Yeah, I mean, if you start going down, like you try to figure out, don't do that. Don't do it. All right, good job to twenty seven of you. 50 of you locking in your answer choices. And let's move on to the next question. I hope you have a good dad joke to wrap this episode up with. So be prepared. Uh, next question in round two. This is a general trivia question. All right, here we go. How many times does your heart recycle your blood each day? How many times does your heart recycle your blood each day? I feel like 10 is way too low. A hundred or a thousand. Oh, it's so hard to picture. I'm going to go with recycle. I'm going to go with a thousand. No, can't be that many. At least we were all there. It is a thousand. Bam. 
That was that was again a hundred's just too low. Ten's ridiculous. Well, I mean, let's let's think about it, right? So so what's the average heart rate for a human being at rest, right? Somewhere between sixty and 60. eighty or sixty and hundred beats a minute, right? And and the human body only carries what like six or seven pints or liters of blood or whatever it is. Right, liters, not pints. Right, exactly. They're liters. So the average blood cell is going to make its way all the way through the circulation system about every 90 seconds. Yeah, I was like, okay, that was a good one. That was a good context question, though. 10, though, that would be, you. I mean, that's sloth level. Yeah, yeah, you're, right. you're not doing a whole lot. Yeah, you're, you're pretty coming to us at that point. This is me on Christmas break about 10 times. That's where that's where I'm going. I am very horizontal. I'm on the couch. I'm not doing a lot of Netflix. All right, let's move on. Heart and lung, learning a lot. Lock them in. Uh, what is the world record for a human holding his or her breath underwater? 16 minutes, 24 minutes, or 47 minutes. These free divers are ridiculous. But you've got all that pressure and it works and it's actually slows your heart rate the deeper you go and you need Lex. I watched it on Discovery Channel. I'm going to say 47 minutes. I'm going to be ridiculous. 40, that can't be, no, 24, 24. Right, okay, 47 is absurd. But all, for some reason, I was like, I watched those freediver things. Even tw even 16 is absurd. It is. I mean, you know, 16 is a long time, right? 24 is even more you know, the reason I put 47 in there, to be quite honest with you, is just to give a high-end answer. But yeah, yeah, yeah 24 yeah. minutes is the world record. Have you seen those things where they like ride down on a cable and they just like hold their breath and they don't, I mean, that's, and then they have to come back up and they've got to like, they have to like say something or they have to like say something to the judge to make the dive count. It's crazy. Right. Yeah, it is absolutely crazy. Those folks, I give them a lot of credit. I want no part of that, to be honest with you. No. No. If I can hold my breath for 60 seconds, I am very proud of myself. Very proud of myself. All right. That was a good, I like the general trivia questions. Let's move on. I'd like to see this one on the MPT as well. <laughs> if only, like, right? I would like to see just a ridiculous question. Be like, okay. All right. Recently, an animal heart. Oh, this is good. Uh, uh, current events. Recently, an animal heart was successfully transplanted into a human. Which animal served as the donor? I love how they say donor, like the animal had the choice. Animal did not sign a waiver. Is it a dolphin, a pig, or a lion? It would be pretty cool to be lion-hearted. That's why I put that answer on there. It had to be lion-hearted. But yeah, this one was a cool one. Uh, and this was pig. You guys, I saw that story. And this, they were the 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 the, the broadcaster was talking about all the implications that this can lead to in terms of transplant lists. Um you know, being being able to be served better with uh, with animal hearts, but pig. And the, I, apparently, the uh, the the recipient was doing well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the other interesting ethical issue here: it was a genetically modified pig. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So they they did some genetic modification to the pig in order to get the organs to look as and close to a human uh, organ as possible. Even your pigs are GMOs now. Yeah, genetically modified bacon. Uh, let's move to the next question. <laughs> as long as it's salty and crispy, I really don't care. Uh, oh, and that was it. That, that second 10 went fast. Yeah. That's what happens when you start talking TMJ and uh, pig hearts. Mackenzie was in the lead. yippee ki -yay! With 13,827 points. See, was that nod from uh, from the Bruce Willis and Die Hard mention? 
Um, Matt, it wouldn't be a, a, a round without a dad joke. Do you have something for us? Oh, I probably have a couple. All right. So why is camping so stressful? Why is camping so stressful? Oh, okay. I think I know it. Should I guess or just let you tell it? Go ahead and guess. Is it something about like, because everyone's so intense? Yes. Yeah. See, I'm starting to think like you with the dad jokes. I'm like, hey, oh, oh, that's awful. Don't think. This can't be. It's not a straight answer. You know what I just noticed too? Yippee Kaye won, but the person who came in second was straight up John McClane. I'm just noticing that. I I want to know where they go to school and what and how much Die Hard they're watching. Yeah, in the in the in the 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 chat or the comments, I would love to know who Yippee Kaye or where they went to school and who John McClane was because that is a. And then third is a movie reference too, as I see there was Kylo, Kylo Ren, mm -hmm. Star Wars franchise. Um, you know what? We got to see if we can do this with Mentimeter. In between, so we got question and then answer. Can we put a graphic? Like maybe we can have like a graphic of like a chart or like, you know what I mean? To help explain the answer, like a visualization. I'm a very visual person, Matt. Mm, I could probably try to do something like that. Do you know what I mean? Like if we're yeah. talking about physical structures, if we slap up a diagram or whatever. Or, I think yeah. that's a very good idea. I'll do that next I like time. That. Yeah. I want to thank you guys for hanging out. Uh, Trevor is Yippie Kaye. Trevor, where do you, where did you go to school? Where do you go to school? I, I think and, I know. Uh, is John McClain your roommate? I would like to know there. Would appreciate feedback. You can let us know in the comments below what you liked, what you'd like to see more of. Uh, if there's a topic area you want to see us cover, we're typically doing this once a month with Matt. You can watch all the replays for free on YouTube. Trevor goes to Methodist, one of your students there. Mm -hmm. We also share the audio version of this podcast on uh, a podcast called NPTE StudyCast, which has little bite-sized five, seven, nine-minute episodes on a bunch of different topics for the NPTE. Trevor said uh, John McClain is not his roommate, but he sits next to him in class, and that's Cade McFall. Congratulations, uh, Yippie Kaye, which is Trevor you won tonight's prize, which is I will record your voicemail greeting. I will do it in my uh, lamest radio voice. Hello, you have called Trevor. He is not a, he's not available right now. Or we'll make up something funny. I don't know. That's all we've got in terms of prizes tonight. What's on tab? What's next month's topic? Do we know what that is? Next month is going to be abdomen and viscera and a little abdomen bit of pelvis, maybe. And yeah. viscera. I was actually I made a comment today. I have not talked about viscera in a in a pig's age. Well, we're going to talk about it. We're going to get wrist d oh wow it was a it was a methodist sweep on the leaderboard sydney Cade, and trevor are they your current students i feel like they, they are my current students yeah i feel like bonus points should be involved i'm see i'm trying to help you out. they they have plenty of opportunity for bonus points. do they all right good oh yes all right uh if you'd like to have more of this or make sure you don't miss out when we're going to go live subscribe to the channel on on uh youtube i feel like such a youtube influencer subscribe to the show subscribe and like and comment whatever they say these days uh, uh log on to our tiktok we don't have a tiktok maybe we should get a tiktok matt can you dance uh no good me either we won't do that uh until next time matt is there anything you want to add no i think everyone did a really nice job it was a great way to start 2022 and I'm expecting more trivia throughout the rest of the school year. Good. I like it. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. And uh, have a great night.